Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week. Twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, also as well, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, and Game Source. Of course, the great folks at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check out Ox1947 today and share his thoughts right there. Or go ahead and follow them as well. Right there for you at LakersBall.com. You know there's always something that Ox1947 has to say. And you can follow it today at LakersBall.com. Plus also as well as the Dodgers do hit first place. Want to go ahead and say he owns a company. Yes, he owns a company called Simblade. So if you want your lawn transformed into something much more magical than it is today. Please go ahead and check out Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com. Also as well, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, Laker Tom. Go ahead and support him and Jamie Sweet, the guys behind Lakerholics, Lakerholics.com. The conversation is always fast and furious right over there, so go ahead and check it out today at Lakerholics.com. Our good friend Stone Hansen, who I got to see this past weekend, he was scouting and having a good time along with the guys from Upside Swings, plus also as well, there were so many other people there from the draft community. It was good to see. It was so weird because they had their own section. That was a whole big group of, of guys who do their own draft shows and draft blogs and things of that nature. It was cool to see them all together. It's like one big happy community. And of course, you can go ahead and check out what Stone Hansen does with the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. Wishing him well and hoping he'll return to us soon. And also as well, Hoping we can return soon. This John McCalin. You can go ahead and check out what he's doing today at John McCalin on YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, please go ahead and subscribe. I do need your subscribing. It's been fluctuating back and forth over those past few days for various reasons. I do want to thank the over 38,000 people who've watched on both Pop Culture Cosmos and Lakers Fast Break, the awesome sphere video but go ahead while you're there please subscribe today so you get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with pop culture cosmos and of course the lakers fast break and if you could do all that 
It is sincerely appreciated. And again, for everybody out there who has uh, put in some uh, their two cents as far as what's going on, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to doing so. I hope I've been able to respond to you. I hope I've been able to get you, yeah, you know, as far as the, the answers that you've been looking for, for the questions you've been asking and the things in the comments you've been saying. So hopefully you've been uh, getting the feedback there from us. And you, if you ever have any questions with us, Go ahead and make sure you can go ahead and reach out to us on social media or LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. Also want to give a big shout out to Doreen. Doreen's been liking our stuff lately on WordPress. Go ahead and check it out on WordPress right there for you at the Lakers Fast Break as well. But it is the Lakers. They are 2-0 in Vegas Summer League, which is always good to see. Their next game is Wednesday, so we'll go ahead and look forward to that. But in the meantime, there's still things to address here like the Lakers recently signing all their players to the contracts. Some interesting things of note there that we'll talk about, but also as well, some guys at Summer League who are standing out that we have yet to talk about. And of course, the big thing right now I want to talk about is the final spot because there is 15 spots on the roster, but it looks like they're only going to be signing 14 players and sending them to camp. But I wanted to ask this because the Lakers have not signed a 14th player yet. Rumors abound, and it's still just only rumors that Christian Wood is going to go ahead and become a Los Angeles Lakers. We are one of the leading contenders. I know that. Seen the news, seen the rumors. I heard it yesterday constantly that people are in the know or that claim they're in the know are saying that Christian Wood is going to be a Laker. He himself on Twitter has had a couple of interesting tweets over the past 24 hours that have alluded to the fact that as far as uh, just some very brief things about him persevering through this time where he's not exactly been wanted by every NBA team and he's trying to handle it uh, on a personal basis. But in no way, shape, or form has it guaranteed us that the Los Angeles Lakers are going to go ahead and get Christian Wood. I know there's some shows and channels out there that say that he's a done deal, that he is a Laker. He is not a Laker as of yet, so I want to go ahead and reiterate that. I'm hoping that that's the case, but not as of yet. But here today to talk about all these great subjects are awesome panelists indeed. It is the guy behind Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com, and also Oxide247 at LakersBall.com. It is Joe Soro, who has a great swell of fan support over the weekend that was given to him when somebody had a comment in regards to him and his nature, which, you know, that's the way he talks. That's the way he is. That's the way he shoots at you. So there are other, those that I respect that if you see it a different way, that, that again, I respect your wishes on that. But Joe has such a legion of followers. That's also truly appreciated. I just appreciate everyone checking out the show. But Joe, I want to ask you a basic question, my friend. Why haven't the Lakers already signed a 14th player to the roster? It's an easy question to answer. It's because there's no one else left other than the two names that we've mentioned. And the two names that we've mentioned, there's the pro and cons with those guys, but at the same time, there's only so much talent that could that will that will play for the veteran minimum. So right now, the reason why the, the name Christian Wood keeps coming up and Bismack Biombo, those are the two names uh, we were even saying before it somewhat went public that they were looking at those two players. It's just a matter of, you know, their agents and themselves waiting it out. Christian Wood, 
for all intents and purposes, should be getting a contract for more than the veteran minimum. We don't know what's going on. We don't know why. We don't know if Jason Kidd has silently sabotaged uh, Christian Wood, even though he did have issues before he went to Dallas. But that might have that might be the kind of like the coup de grace with with Hey, do we really want to deal with this guy if he's a, a a problem child? The Lakers have a track record bringing in players who have went to multiple teams and had issues with multiple teams. Two guys and two guys specifically, Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard was not liked after he left L.A. Wasn't liked during his L.A. tenure, actually. And then when he left, really didn't like. (laughs) Houston ended up not bringing him back. He ended up, I believe, going to Atlanta. Then he went to Charlotte. Then he went to Washington. And then every place he had went was just one bad deal after another. Then the Lakers picked him up. And I remember I was not happy. I was all over Lakers ball going, why did we bring this clown back to the Lakers? He's not, he can't do, he's going to come here and and, and pull the crap he pulled in Atlanta, Charlotte, and Washington. I go, what the, come on guys. Boy, were we wrong. Were we wrong. He was an integral part of the Lakers winning the championship, at least in the Western Conference final playoffs. Didn't see a lot of him in the, in the finals, but he did his job. Played for the veteran minimum, helped us win a championship. Now we all love Dwight Howard. Uh, the other player was Rondo, Rajon Rondo. Now, Rajon is a little different. Even when he was a pain, I still like him. Because Even in Dallas, when he forced his way out of Dallas by being a malcontent? Especially in Dallas. Okay. Especially in Dallas. When you make Mark Cuban angry, and uh, Rick Carlisle irritated. That makes me happy. Uh, I just, I just think he's a different guy, and some people can't handle different people. And what did Rondo do when he came to LA? He was the third best player during the end for the Lakers. Wouldn't miss a shot. It's, 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 it's crazy to think about how well he shot during that playoff run, and especially during the finals. I was sitting there talking to my friends. I said, do you guys realize, my Laker friends, the friends, do you realize if Rondo had shot one quarter of how well he shot in the finals and in that playoff run for the Lakers, the Lakers would have lost in 2010. There were several times where Kobe didn't even get near Rondo. He was basically playing free safety the whole time, and Rondo never shot the ball. And then he comes to L.A. 10 years later and shoots the lights out and helps us win the championship. So Christian Wood has the tag of, I'm just saying this, it looks like a difficult player. Now, difficult player for the veteran minimum is a little easier to deal with. He's a veteran minimum. You can dump him if you want. If it's too much, it's it's not a big deal. But I believe his talent actually is something that the Lakers need at the price that they can afford or are allowed to use now. That's why we're thinking about him. We would love to have signed someone a week ago, 
someone who can play defense and offense and do that. But the reality is, guys, those guys are getting paid $20 million a year. So we can't, we can't do that. So Christian Wood, I am pretty positive, is the one guy that the Lakers are waiting for right now to see what happens with him. If he signs elsewhere, then I believe the Lakers are, can, can just basically pick any big man to kind of fill up that roster. Now, here's the problem with the big man availability in the NBA at this, more, at this point. You have Christian Wood, Bismack Biombo, and then it goes down to like, uh, uh, t- uh, t- is it Tay Gibson? Jeez, I'm drawing a blank here. Taj Gibson. Taj Gibson, jeez. You got Taj Gibson, and then it's pretty much. What a tips favors. Bus, bus, and guys that are over the hill. That's what's left. You got Blake Griffin. You got Yudoka. You got Frank Kaminsky. You got Hernan Gomez. I mean, you you don't have anyone. And the issue with 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 that is a big part of what I believe is going to make this coming season important is making sure that AD has at least one big that can help him. So the the Lakers are not, they didn't, they're not, they they were aggressive. And they haven't been aggressive now because they can't be aggressive. They have to wait. They have to wait and hope that at least they could get one guy that can score 20 points at that position. Granted, he's not very well good at on defense, but that's something I think you can adjust to since you've got Anthony Davis when you need to. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is Gerald Glassford along with Joe Soro and also as well here today. He's the madman for Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to sport that vintage Jerry West rocking jersey. He is, as I mentioned in the comments, the best Lakers chat room that's around. That he's styling and profiling just like the nature boy, Ric Flair himself. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. And Sean, great to have you here. Mark just touched on a subject that he did email us about earlier that I want to go ahead and touch on with both you guys here. But when it comes to the 14th spot on the roster, let's say it wasn't just Christian Wood. This goes back right after the Lakers came to a verbal agreement with virtually within a matter of 48 hours. 13 different players, including the, you know, of course, also as well, the rookies and that, that mix you could also say as well but the 14th spot on the roster has been open for quite some time while other individual players have been signed your thoughts on why that's still happening why it's been gone so long without a resolution on a 14th player to uh add to what uh you and uh, joe were saying there's not a lot to elaborate on. I think it's just a wait and see with Christian Wood here. I think he's the last piece of the puzzle. If Palinka could uh, secure his um, services, I think that would that would be a complimentary, like cherry on top of his off season. I think if Wood had better options drilled they would have been explored and he would have taken advantage of them by now. I, I think no team is going to offer him their, uh, their mid-level. I don't see a team like Toronto or Oklahoma city or Cleveland, uh, giving him that kind of money. 
Um, I think the best he could do is maybe maybe a little bit above or below the, the biannual if somebody wanted to do that. But I think he's just waiting out a vet min from a contender. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all, Gerald, if everything was just frozen now because of the stalled negotiations between the the Portland Trailblazers and everybody else in the NBA. They they just said that it, they're willing to wait months now, which means there might probably be a Damian Lillard trade within the next 48 to 72 hours. Knowing how this league operates and how uh, peer pressure tends to... Uh, kick everybody in the ass and get things going. That's what I think. I think he's I think he's waiting on either the Heat or the Lakers at this point. And like you said the other the other night, Gerald, it's a bit specious why he would want to go to the Heat based on them signing Thomas Bryant. He's basically going to be competing for minutes with Thomas Bryant. The Heat wouldn't uh supplant Bryant and just give uh, would the uh, the torch there as far as minutes are concerned? You have to earn them with Spolstra, whereas where the Lakers are concerned, like Wood obviously slots into a starting lineup, and he's only twenty seven. He's turning twenty eight, I believe, just before the summer. I I'll, somebody can well, check. Sometimes the summer. Sometimes yeah. he'll sometimes be twenty eight. But this is his last shot at getting a big payday. So he's got, like I said, I think he's being Which very- is what he basically described in his short but very meaningful twi- tweets earlier today. Yeah, so I think he's going to be very tactful about where he signs and why he's signing there. And personally, if I was in his position, I would do the same thing. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a Laker fan, but the best option for him would be to sign a vet men contract with the Lakers um, he would have a big role, and Gerald, whether or not the Lakers decide to bring him back or not, he would get a huge payday in the summer, no question. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was The Last Skywalker. I know, condolences to me. Wow, man. Right. I I just had talked about that and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice, along with Joe Soro and me, Gerald Glassford. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. Joe, Mark in the in the comments, actually, also, he emailed this as well, his thoughts on it. I thought they were very sound. Uh, I know that Christian Wood 
is 6'9", 6'10", about, uh, I'd say about, is that a prime Logan Paul energy drink that you're drinking there, Sean, by the way? I don't know if you got enough caffeine because, you know, the government. Okay, it's just a standard Coke. Okay, multiply that by six and you have one of those Logan Paul prime drinks there for you. Okay, my friend, you could do that right now. Can't you just put all six together in like a big glass and there you go? Oh my God, Gerald! I think you'd have to call nine one one and perform <laughs> CPR on me I if I drank to, one of those. There was a short period of time in my life when I did drink those energy drinks, but yeah, that time is wow. gone. And yeah. there was a time it got that same thing for Coke. I used to be a huge Coke drinker, but that's that's yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, I had one of those, and it felt like my heart rate was getting up to like one sixty or one eighty. So I was oh, like, yeah, 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 that that's it. That's yeah, it it's prime. Today. It's a prime heart attack, is what it is. But Joe, <laughs> I want to ask you this, my friend. Mark had an excellent point. What he's talking about, uh, as far as his size, 6'9", 215, 220 is his standard size. He about he goes between six nine, six ten. The thing is, the versatility that he could bring, the fact he does stretch the floor, the fact he can score and rebound. He doesn't play good defense. Let's not make any two bones about it. I know Alice was asking because she has not seen too much on Christian Wood. I remember way back when, when he was a 15th man on the de- the Detroit roster, and I had proposed in the Lakers run to the title that they get him along with Markeith Morris and I believe one more individual is the famous trade I brought up that would have proven that they could have gotten them all on the cheap. They all ended up helping the teams uh, that they they played for eventually to to other better statuses and you know it proved to have been something that would have been a great trade for the Lakers. But let's get back to what Mark said: is that Mark is looking for a bruiser. He's looking for someone to spend six fouls, which is the reason why he suggested still Tristan Thompson. Unfortunately, that does only helps you in a matchup with him, and I don't think the Lakers, in my humble opinion, should lean that route for just four games or five games against the Nuggets during the course of the season. They still have that 15 slot open. And if you want to go ahead and get a bruiser then that you think is going to match up against Denver, go for it. But Christian Wood is someone, Joe, that I think can help you score and rebound during the course of the season. He can not only play alongside AD, but you got to remember 15 to 25 games is probably my estimate that LeBron and or AD will sit out the season. If that's the case, they'll need all the scoring and availability from someone who can stretch the floor and do different things offensively that they can get. All 30 teams, I believe, have almost spent all their cap space at this point, according to uh, Spot Track. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isaiah Stewart just signed an extension with Detroit. Detroit, according to Spot Track, is the only team that's still has a few bucks left in the salary cap. So unless Christian Wood thinks he might be going back to Dallas or involved in a sign-and-trade type deal, I don't know if there's going to be a team out there that's going to drop a veteran minimum that would overrun the Lakers giving you a veteran minimum. Because... You're going to be able to showcase yourself if you indeed do want to get a bigger contract. You're probably going to have to scale back this year, just like Sean said, and kill it. And know for a fact you kill it, and the Lakers win. You help the Lakers win a championship. You're probably going to get your money because then everyone will forget about what happened previous 
with your attitude or what Jason Kidd thought about you. It becomes, it, it, you, you basically become Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura. Let's, let's use Rui as an example. Rui was looked on as a, a bust in Washington to some degree. He goes to L.A. in a trade, earns himself a $61 million contract. Just playing for what two months? So now, and, this, was, and this guy was dumped by Washington dumped, for no, dumped. yeah. We yeah. he was so dumped, I forgot who he was when we traded for him. Like, who's Rui? Why am I drawing a blank? Oh, Rui. Okay, well, he and he still didn't play well the first month or so. He had to finally hit the skids and humble himself and allow himself to think about what he needed to do next. LeBron was a great mentor at that point, too. He actually went to LeBron. So, LeBron, what am I doing wrong? And LeBron showed him, and everything changed. And we all know, LeBron, one of the things that you can never deny with LeBron is he is probably, <laughs> with the amount of skills this guy has and him being as unselfish as he is in terms of basketball, I mean, it, it's pretty much unmatched. Maybe only the only one, maybe next to Magic Johnson. So I don't see where else he can go and make more money currently with the state of what these teams are at, salary wise. So either he's going to get the veteran minimum somewhere, where he's going to make the same amount of money and say, you know what, I'd, I'd rather play in Miami, or he goes, look, I got to start because he's not going to start in Miami. Biombo's over there. I mean, not Biombo. Um, uh, Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo. And then he could also he has to he has to compete with time with Thomas Bryant, a very similarly structured and, player that he. Yeah, is. and I'm I, this Thomas Bryant thing, and I I really like Thomas. I think he's a good dude, and you know he's very energetic, very. He's a good. He's a nice guy. He's very easy to like, but the guy can't play a lick of defense, and on offense it comes in spurts. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't see anything there. But Christian Wood, you bring him in. You see what he's about at the veteran minimum. If it doesn't work out, it's not gonna kill them to you know get rid of him. It's not a big deal. It's the, the, you don't hurt either way. You it, it's it's a total win. And it's getting the, the longer this takes, the the more likely he's going to probably just say, look, I'm going to L.A. show showcase myself for the year and try to get a big contract next year. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a high reward, low risk move bringing somebody like that in, because even the, the even if they get a whiff, just a whiff that there might be some grumbling or something, he's gone, he's gone, and he probably knows that too. I, I'm I'm sure his management has been. Alice in makes his a ear. good point. But Sean, look below. Alex, uh, Alice makes a very good point. There is no guarantee LA will play Denver in the playoffs next year. And then also the fact is there's really no bruisers. I know Intel and Mark and some others are looking for this bruiser, big guy that's uh, Yeah, John, John's what, looking for that kind of guy yeah, too. There's, yeah. no, there's no big stiff out there that's going to get you just six fouls against him. I would say wait until the trade deadline. And then maybe trade for Jonas Valanciunas or some big guy that's out there that might be out there that you can get with some of the interchangeable parts that you have. Yes, I agree. I agree, Drill. I agree. Why do you have to get it right now? And and with yeah, Wood, you, no, and, and the don't. only thing I say, the only thing I say with Wood is 
Wood may or may not help you in the playoffs. He can help you in a regular season because he fits needs, as Joe was saying. And he fits certain needs that the Lakers would have, especially when you consider that LeBron and AD, you could pretty much bank on them, you know, sitting out 15 to 25 games, whether it's load management or injuries. You got to have someone there that's going to be able to put the ball in the basket. Joe, I just think it's a natural. That's why would would be so advantageous for his career to do just that and stop. Well, more than that, it, it can play out the way it did in 2020. You let JaVel McGee, you let Dwight Howard get a lot of those minutes that can ease your stars from having so much stress. When we talk about Jokic, I don't know if you guys noticed this, and I know he got his numbers, and I, but two of those games, he was somewhat neutralized. Not... Not not all the way, but enough to where there were times where he didn't really shoot. wasn't You just you kind of sort of forgot he was there. But everyone else picked up the slack, which is a big reason why Denver won. It was every time Jokic got kind of down, Jamal Murray hit shots. If Jamal Murray wasn't making the shots, Michael Porter Jr. was hitting threes left and right. If it wasn't him, uh, if it wasn't a starter doing it, Bruce Brown would come off the bench and – guard every uh, shut down a player and then also hit threes everyone played their role and that's what you need to do here in la for 82 well, i'm sorry 85 games if you get the plan <laughs> and oh, that's a, a by the way that's a subject that uh the dodger fan in our lives really wants to talk about and i know you don't want that conversation so sean and my sean and me might have to have that conversation one of these days because i know you still don't want to have it when it concerns the nba cup well you have to give the, the audience what they want it doesn't matter how much okay I so we'll, so we'll set that to the side for now but please continue and i apologize for that sure uh if we go into the playoffs i just want to see what this thing looks like that's that's what I want to see. All this grand spectacle. What do you got for us? Go ahead, Joe. I, I digress. If the Lakers get a top four seed and they go into the playoffs with managed minutes for LeBron and AD, watch out. Mm-hmm. Seriously, watch out. Because LeBron knows. LeBron knows that this likely is his last run. Even in 2025, it's another year. You, you never know if he's, he's, he's just going to get spent. Probably won't. Hasn't shown that he's been completely spent, but he did run out of gas because we overused him. And we overused AD. We need these guys, and we have a phenomenal roster in terms of depth. The depth is there. The talent is very, very evenly spread out, too. You have this, you have small forwards that are good size, have some skill. You have guards, have some size, have some skill. You have players who have gone deep in the playoffs, players that have gone to the finals, players that have won championships already. You have athletic guys that are coming up on their own. You have young guys that are performing that you're going to do a two-way. You have uh, second-year players that might come in and actually help the team. You have a couple of guys that were kind of shunned away, and maybe they kind of 
get out of that 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 bad shell. There's so much intrigue here. There's so much unknown, but kind of fun to see how it develops that it adds to the excitement. Imagine if everyone comes through. It's not likely, but imagine. Imagine if everyone understands. And that's what I would say if I'm Darvin Ham. Guys, and I mean you 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 be honest. You know, you point out reddish, reddish, they 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 think you're rubbish. Jackson, they think you can't play a lick of offense. AD, you know your story, AD. They even had a video game where you got injured while you were playing it. They know what that that's what they, they call you. What do they call them? Uh, street clothes? LeBron? LeBron, I don't want to even get into LeBron. LeBron, everyone says you're done. Get that ball rolling and say, just put it together this year, guys. Win a championship. LeBron, your GOAT status becomes at another level. AD, you're a multiple champion. You're going to go to the Hall of Fame. You're already champion, but a multiple champion, you pretty much guarantee that your jersey is going to go up in the, in the rafters. It's 100%. It might be 99%, but it'll be 100% now. Then you have guys like Austin Reeves who could get a little bit better. I mean, and then Rui, if you can just play a little bit better, not shoot 45% from three, that's not going to happen. Shoot 38 to 40 and just be more consistent throughout the year. This thing could go in such a great way for the Lakers. We could have a really good season. We really, really can. I'm not saying that because I'm a Laker fan. I'm saying it because Rob built a very, very good team. Guys that are likely going to play well as role players instead of having to accommodate a third or fourth star like Phoenix is going to have to do because that's what happens, right? DeAndre Ayton, uh, Kevin Durant, guys that are kind of temperamental. We're not going to really have a lot of those guys except the ones that are kind of had a bad rep, but those guys can be easily diffused if you have to. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro and, of course, Magic Man Sean Grice, along with me, Magic Man Gerald Glassford. Beach clothes. Right there in the name right there. Yeah, it has me Magic Man right there. Gerald busted my chops. For not Absolutely. changing the name. I know. Well, Jamie was me the other day. So you see. Yeah, he was. Really, he yeah. was. <laughs> That's another person. story altogether with him. And then he went into his mock Gerald Glassford impersonation, which I yeah, thought was it, really it, bad. Mean, I will tell you that episode, minus the controversial content, uh, again, and I do apologize for that content that was out there that was said. Minus that little blip, uh, will be reposted here. It is still generating right now in my computer, so I'm going to go ahead and upload it because I know there's people that do want to go ahead and check it out. Minus the issues that were there, so the Lakerholics episode from this past weekend will return. But when it comes to Sean, the Lakers, as far as what they need again, and I understand the between as far as focusing in on the Nuggets, it's all about the Nuggets, it's all about the Nuggets. I get that. But again, during the course of the season, we only play them four or five times, if I remember mm -hmm. correctly. That's right. If we think that the Nuggets are going to be that much of an issue in the playoffs, we always have that at last roster spot and a trade to always work out. Because we one thing Rob has done now that's very smart, i.e. he didn't do two years ago with the world's oldest team, is that he has a lot of tradable contracts at very, you know, you know, acceptable salaries that he could throw out there. Let's say Rui goes south. Let's say D'Angelo, who's on a two-year, but the second year is a 
player decision if he wants to go mm-hmm. ahead and, and pick that up. There's other attractive contracts. Let's say Gabe Vincent's, you know, 11 million a year for three years. That's pretty cheap, regardless of what's what you say. As the salary cap goes up, that becomes even cheaper. There are others like Tory and Prince. There's Cam Reddish. There's cheap contracts out there that you can build or work together to trade for a body that might be able to defend Jokic if you think that's going to be the case. But during the course of the season, you need players that are going to be able to fill holes for you when LeBron and AD are out. I'm going to assume that's what I'm going to assume. I'm not going to assume that we're going to meet Jokic. I'm going to assume that LeBron and AD will not play a full season. I think that's the big safer bet. Yeah, I, I'd agree. And Gerald, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, it, it's almost as if Torian Prince and Troy Brown Jr. just switch places like the, uh, the sheepdog and the coyote from Looney Tunes. Let's hope we get more consistent performances from Torian Prince. Yes. That was also the issue. The issues with TBJ also plagued Torian Prince when he was with Minnesota. Yes, absolutely. And and that's why I'm I'm like I'm more positive with you gentlemen and I think with with a lot of other Laker fans on the possibility of perhaps uh adding wood because if <clears throat> even like the the defensive uh deficiencies aside uh like Joe was saying and you um eloquently elaborated on it Gerald is that Polinka has put depth around Ham so Ham doesn't have to overthink decisions now especially defensively because if you do have a wood in there and you do need a defensive replacement you have a Rui you have a Torian Prince you have a Jared Vanderbilt uh, there are a lot of interchangeable parts on the team, and <clears throat> I, I think uh, you can add to that strength by uh, bringing him into the fold. That's true, absolutely. And I think it's just, Joe, when it comes to it, I'm very adamant about Christian Wood. I have been since the get-go. I was the first one that threw his name out there. I don't think anybody, I'm going to say on any sports avenue, that was associating Christian Wood as early as I was. I think I'm, and I'm, I don't like to toot my own horn normally, but I think I was, if you check the tapes, you could check the YouTube files, you check whatever you want as far as this channel is concerned. But I will say the reason why I did is because of the fact that I think that he serves a great purpose for you during the regular season. If he gives you anything positive, like what we see with Rui during the playoffs, awesome. Icing on the cake. But, Joe, I think for me it's all about how much durability LeBron and AD have, and the fact is you need some backups that can score the basket behind them. The positive, too, is uh, you're talking about a guy, and I know this is kind of sad to say, he, he did play 67 games last year, and he played 68 games the year previous. Not bad considering he didn't really play a lot of games before then. Uh, you had a I think he played like half the season in 2021, uh, played about 60 games again when he was a Piston. And then before then, it was, you know, you hardly even knew he was in the league. He was a fringe player. He was cut. He was bouncing in and out. He, he went undrafted when he thought he was going to be drafted, what a lot of people thought. But his attitude was an issue back then. It still is. I check it with Houston. That's why they never didn't sign him. You know, it, it's issues with his attitude. Uh, he, But he's saying, you know, if you see his Twitter, his work ethic, the things that he wants to promote are things that he thinks is going to get it done for him. 
uh, you know, he thinks it's an issue of being misunderstood at various stops. I'm not sure if that's 100 entirely the case, but again, as a flyer, as a veteran minimum, with the kind of talent he has and the things he can do offensively for you, Joe, I think it's absolutely someone that you need to go ahead and go out of your way to sign. It's important to understand there's always going to be different personalities on a team or a workforce or a neighborhood. And some need to be treated a certain way to tap into their goodness or their fairness, I should say. Darvin Ham, if he if if there's anything you can hang your hat on last year from beginning to end, is he was at least able to tame Russell Westbrook to a degree. You never really saw him complain about coming off the bench. He continued to do the bad things that Westbrook does, but he didn't become a locker room issue, right? Uh, even despite that. Yeah. So that's that was a good thing. I don't know what's going on with Christian Wood. I don't I I really don't know, but I actually don't care at this point. We need a guy that has actually been a double-double guy in a season. Yeah. He, he eight, was it 17 and 8 last yeah. year with, with Dallas. Yeah, and he was set almost 18 and 10 the year before. That's that's a he was playing 30 minutes. And could you imagine if he plays 30 minutes? for the Lakers at the center position, you're talking about a relief that we're, we, even us wouldn't, even we have not, uh, we're hoping for. It's, you have to, you have to do this. You have to do this. And they, I believe they're getting ready to do it. They are just waiting for him to decide what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. That's it. They're, they're like, hey, dude, you try to go get your money. I'm sure that's what's going on. Hey, listen, you go get your money. However, if you don't get what you want, you got the starting position on our team if you agree to work with us. It's yours. And AD, you know, you know, we don't appreciate AD sometimes, and I know it's frustrating. We think he should be better, and he should be better. But something to admire about AD, I've never heard AD talk about whose team it is. You never, you never got any kind of feeling. You got mad when LeBron won Finals MVP when it was, you know, the guy dominated the first couple games in that series, right? So it's, it's, you know, you know what, Joe? It's, it's, it. This, this whole thing about AD is really interesting for me, anyway. Uh, even, even going back, so he cemented his place in the Hall of Fame when, when he won that championship at Kentucky. That's, that's the probably the greatest singular rookie season in uh, college basketball history. He won every award as a, a freshman. When he came to the NBA, it was a slow road. But if you ask most guys in the NBA who the best defender is, they won't say Rudy Gobert. They'll say Anthony Davis. So it's, it, it's one thing to um... and that's why and that's why Sean I am not as worried about the signing Christian Wood and his defensive or lack thereof is because the fact if you put him in alignment with AD you've got two 6'10 athletic guys because Christian Wood can block shots mm-hmm. he can jump he is athletic he just plays Aussie defense but if you know you get in the, anywhere near even if he plays 
little bit below average, not super below average, but even if it's a little bit below average, he's still able to go ahead and help out AD. AD is still able to help out him. They work off each other. You have six, two athletic 6'10 guys that could go ahead, get lobs, go outside, shoot some, from the mid-range in AD's case, shoot from three in, in uh, Christian Wood's case. Your offense becomes so much more versatile, and with all these teams stocking up in their arms races, you know, in the Western Conference, you need all the offense you can get. Yeah, I I agree, drilled, and I think um, uh, there was a lot of uh, addition by subtraction uh, in that backcourt as well for for him because that's the front line of it, that's going to be the front line of the defense is going to be Gabe Vincent. Austin Reeves uh, at the top there. Um, that's a lot of length. That's a lot more height than AD had in 2020 when he was working um, with uh, another iteration of uh, a backcourt. So to me, I think, you know, obviously, that, like we said, there are, we acknowledge there are deficiencies with bringing in a player like this. However, Every other thing he does well offensively can offset what he can't do defensively because you have built a team around LeBron AD that can cushion this person and insulate them in a way where their weaknesses can be very, very shadowy or even just completely um, burnt out by uh, AD because, again, um like you said, Gerald, and Joe Joe brought up something that's that's very like AD is perfectly comfortable if he grabs fourteen boards, scores uh, eight points, four blocks, and they win the game. He could care less about uh, averaging thirty four and sixteen, um, and making sure all the baddies seem like score six threes. Like somebody else, <clears throat> cat. <clears throat> he cares about winning. That's all he cares about. So I, I think that bringing in somebody like that, um, you insulate them around um, winners, and that becomes contagious. Like Tom mentioned it before. He he brought up a great point. He's like, Sean, negativity is contagious. I was like, you're right, Tom. Negativity is contagious, and once that once it starts. It spreads, and that's it. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. It is Joe Soro along with Magic Man Sean Grice and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching, listening. Truly appreciated. Uh, I have seen Namias Quetta. Uh, I mean, we're. I, what's the bottom of the barrel? Search and destroy. I mean, we're we're looking at the bottom of the barrel. We're trying to find yeah. something that sticks. 
And again, you know, I would say with Christian Wood, he, he is the best of all as far as this concerned. The thing is, though, when it concerns all these other big guys, they cannot create their own offense. All they can do is catch lobs and basically slam some slam dunk as far as give you some of that. They can none of them really stretch the floor. Yurt seven is the only other offensive weapon, I think, as far as with any type of scoring mentality that has not been yet picked up to the best of my knowledge. Yurt seven is the only one that has that capability, but he is softer on defense than Christian Wood. So that's not telling you a whole lot right there. I just think right now, you know, the other end of it, and you guys and gals out there have a lot of, lot of great suggestions in our chat room, and I truly appreciate it. I think, though, with Ronnie, I will say, though, when it comes to the Dallas Mavericks, they already have like five centers seemingly mm-hmm. on that roster. I'd say four. Mm-hmm. So Christian Wood would be the number. I don't think Christian Wood wants to go back to that that environment. Obviously, he's left them on bad terms, so I don't think he'll go back on any type of – unless he does, like you say, get offered the MLE. But I, I'm not sure that they'll offer him that because, again, they have so many big guys there already unless they wave and stretch JaVale McGee. So, Joe, I ask you this. I mean, at this point in time, the pickings are slim when it concerns what the Lakers have to offer or what they have to choose from. You know, all the difference, you know, I can, they, they make suggestions in the, in the chat, and I can't say yes or no that they're bad, but it all seems to point still towards one person who, when you look at it analytically and as far as what this team is and what this team does, I really think that it looks like Christian Wood has to be the answer for us for us to go ahead and have a viable 14th slot taken. Yeah, it's the answer because he's the only one that has talent that's really left, especially on one side of the the game. That's 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 really what it is. And anyone who has the skill set for what we would wish we wanted, it's just not realistic, guys. Not enough money. We don't have enough to throw. 15 20 million dollars and now there is some bottom of the barrel bigs that for some of you who want a bruiser the first one that comes to mind is myers miles leonard my why can't i talk today myers, myers leonard the he's issue- the only other one that stretches the floor but you know he he worked out for the lakers last season and they didn't pick him up then they picked up tristan thompson it, it it's i can't I, I can't say I'd be happy bringing back Tristan Thompson, not because I don't think he actually was a was no, a but good... I'm saying Miles Myers Leonard also worked out at that time, and the Lakers passed over him. Yeah, for it, it, Tristan Thompson. I, and then, then it's if it was that bad, then it looks like we probably won't be seeing that deal either. Bismack Biombo is likely second in line, but I'm really hoping for Christian Wood because he. You know, it would just be nice to get a double-double guy in a position at the veteran minimum. It would, I, it would be a steal. It really would be a steal. And Rob would, honestly, if the Lakers end up winning the championship next year, I, I, I would be in shock if he's not executive of the year. Because this was a fleece job on how he put this thing together. And it started from the de- deadline. This wasn't just something that started during the offseason this summer it started the you don't day. think james jones of the suns would get higher praise because he had little less than uh cash to work with i mean let's let's talk about that. i'm just throwing out i'm just throwing let's that out about because- that. let's say let's say you have deandre max bradley beal ridiculous max kevin durant max 
Devin Booker, Max. The whole freaking team is Max players. And you just had three of them, and they crapped out. And you just fired a very popular coach. Something I'm just saying the logistics. People would love that story about how they were able to build a team with so little cash left over. All they did was give up minimums. What, what did they build after they got Bradley Beal? Well, that's what I'm saying. If they if they do have a competent team, they would look towards James Jones. But I, I'm not saying I disagree with you, Joe. I'm just saying it from another no, I understand. perspective. I understand. If you want to talk about 2021, yes. Yes. But it's starting to get to a point now where how many stars do you have to go get to do something? You get waxed this last year. You got doubly waxed by Dallas when you had no business losing. You were 64, 64-win team, number one seed. You didn't just lose. You got smoked. And then the year before, you were up two games in the finals, and you couldn't close that out. James Jones can only construct the team. I understand that. But it's not so much – I know this is hard for some to, to, to understand, but the Heat call it – what is it? The, the Heat culture, the Heat way, they inspire – like from top to bottom, there's an inspiration there from Pat Riley to management to Spolstra to having somebody like Jimmy Butler there, Bam Adebayo. Haslam is like the, the, the mascot that, that's on the bench. There's a, there's a culture there. And they seem to persevere when you think they're dead. That comes from management ownership. That's where that kind of image comes from. And what is an executive? What is an executive? What does a top executive do? I believe more important than transactions and getting stars is creating a culture that doesn't flame out like Phoenix has. And you're flaming out with megastars. Devin Booker, Chris Paul, when he was still kind of relevant in 2021. Durant, you have the number one overall pick in DeAndre Ayton. What, at what point are you going to get past this loses, losing mentality? That needs to play a part in that because, hey, I'm Rob, Rob Link has a title, guys. Call what you want. He has a title. And he's done his best work the last five months. And that's something that uh, you and I both have been saying. Again, we've been hard on Rob Palenka. All three of us have. And when he does good, we're going to go ahead and we call it like we see it. When he does I good, want, I want to. I want to segue from that. I, I'm sorry to interrupt. I want to say no. I want, that's a, it's, I'm glad you said what you just said. We were hard on Rob to the point where I kind of felt bad. I didn't. I felt bad because we make mistakes in life, Gerald. I know that you're unforgiving and a, and a bull. You know that's <laughs> how your personality is. But two years, man. Two years of mistakes. He screwed up. But I, I I feel bad in a sense, not of what I said at the time, because when you screw up, you need to know you screwed up. You need to know don't ever make this mistake again. Because sometimes we we get into this. Oh, do I really want to go that route? Is it going to distract them? Is it going to get worse? You know, Michael Jordan was on everyone in his in his playing days. And, and what did it do? It turned coal into diamonds. What, what I mean by that is you got, you know who Bill Wennington is. You know who Luke Longley is. You know who, who John Paxson is. You know who Steve Kerr is because of Michael Jordan. 
because he stretched that thing out, got that stuff out. Guys that wanted to punch him in the face, guys that did fight him, but he got it out of them. And what did it what did it mean in the end? They won. So as long as the result means success, you look at this and go, just like this little bump in the road for 18 months, you 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 made a terrible decision. Now it looks like you're rectifying it. And man, what a way to come back by having a chance at winning another title. And if you do, you almost get a get-out-of-jail-free card for the rest of your career. One point indeed. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro. Magic Man Sean Grice and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching us. If you've not yet subscribed, please do so today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air. With the latest Lakers fast break, and the crowd is absolutely loving what you're saying today, Joe. No disparagement there today. Nobody's uh, on your bad side as far well, as and talking. Concerned. And also talking about that is I, I was criticized, rightfully so, because I went back. I went back to the tape, and I listened, and I was. You found yourself annoying too. Absolutely. Last night. Oh yeah. But it wasn't just last night. There was, there and was, they have every right to say that as well. Oh, absolutely, no, absolutely. And, and again, what, what was beautiful about it is I, 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 I can't say enough. Words don't, words don't say enough to how appreciative I am that people were kind of had my back, and it did make me feel good, and I appreciate that. And we're here to, to do the right thing. We're here to get the information out that that likely or maybe people don't talk about uh i don't want to come off whining and it felt like i was doing a lot of whining last night and i didn't like it I, it didn't sound right and even in the last few weeks i just felt like i mailed it in a little too much i, I didn't you know this this thing i know it sometimes sounds like we're just shooting shooting off we're not we i mean maybe for sean because he's kind of a genius but you know uh but you know, there's people- only one person has ever not liked Sean on this show. He is loved by almost everybody, and I chewed that person <laughs> out. I chewed him out. I got him off the off the channel. So that, yes, yeah. You cannot not, not you cannot not like Sean. So there you go. I agree, and we sometimes that that hammer <clears throat> wakes you up and and reminds you that. Get off your rear end and start getting better. You're not. We're not here to to rest on our laurels. I know it's just a podcast. I know it's just entertainment to 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 some degree. But I look at it as look. I've been a sports fan for, for as long as I can remember. It's a big part of my life. I don't go into deep depressions when the Lakers lose or my teams lose. I don't. That doesn't. I'm I'm, I'm too grown up for that. But. It is a big part of my life, and it is important, and I, I enjoy being entrenched in it. I don't worship the players. I don't worship in a negative, in a bad way, to the point where you're you're obsessive. I just love the competition. I love that I'm cheering for something that I have pride in, and now I'm talking about it, and I want that to to match because the Lakers are. A winning franchise. They're a winning culture. We need to be the same thing. 
I will say though, again, Alice, I mean, I think Christian Wood just brings it, John, uh, you know, and Alice was just finished looking at a highlight video. I love the fact that she's looking at a highlight video while she's listening to us and watching us as well. I think that's very cool. I almost think I should go ahead and put that on there as far as that's concerned. I may have to go ahead and do that here in a minute. But when it comes to what we're seeing, though, Sean, with what the Lakers need for that 14th spot, you know, I know we're harping on it. I know we I just don't see any other alternatives, alternatives that can actually help us out, not just in the playoffs. But I don't I don't know if Christian Wood really helps you in the playoffs. Again, his size, his defense ability when it gets more focused on defense. I really don't know how much he can help you there. I am concerned, though, during the course of the season, I want the Lakers to have a much better regular season so they do not have to go ahead and climb up the mountain so furiously like they did this past season. It kind of felt like, um, uh, do, do you remember those those old prison movies, Gerald, where the, 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 they were all uh, locked together and they were cracking the stones on the highway? That's kind of like what last season felt like being in 13th place for so long. They just kept cracking that stone and it wouldn't give. And then finally Rob pulled the trigger and eventually we, we saw that there, there were gemstones. Unfortunately ended in the Western conference finals, but uh, he proved himself to me um, and he's added to what his vision is for the team and what ham wants the team to look like as well. And again, uh, applaud Rob. Um, in this case, I think he consulted with, Han- with Darvin Ham uh, throughout all levels of this offseason, whether it was the draft or free agency or who they wanted to bring in into uh, camp at this point. But it, it looks it looks good so far, Gerald. And again, as we see as we see Christian Woods highlight tape here. Again, just a little wrinkle here. Adding Wood as a ball handler is also a plus because that means LeBron can either choose to play off ball as he has with Austin Reeves and the, as he will Gabe Vincent, or he could decide to uh, rest. Um, again, as Gerald has said, that word versatility, it's not just the versatility he creates by just being on the roster it's what else he can do as an offensive weapon that allows allows other people to perhaps get rest absolutely and alice will say yeah he did block lebron twice last season so i he's not a, a total ineptness but he does just not it's i think defense a lot of times you know, with Dallas, which Ronnie will admit, uh, it, you know, that they, they were such a poor defensive team, Joe, last season. I mean, absolutely one of the worst in the NBA, which is part of the reason why they decided to tank and and not make the playoffs. But it's right, part of effort. Is, effort. Right, Gerald. Effort, effort is part of why you can't play good defense. There, there is athleticism issues and things of that nature. Like we see with JHS. JHS wants to play good defense. Just a lot of times he can't because of athleticism and just speed, quickness, things well, of that nature. With with Christian Wood, it might very well be just the fact he just does not want to play good defense because he's not been part of a good enough team to support it. I agree. And we also need to look at the situation there. I think he was averaging like 17 and 5 before Jason Kidd inexplicably decided to sit his ass down, like for no reason. 
I, I and he is Ooh, he's I, seventeen and and eight. Yeah. Oh, excuse, excuse me, Gerald. I was uh, I was uh, shortening him up there. I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, seventeen and eight. And for some strange reason, this this coach, as Gerald says, the coach of the Dallas Mavericks, Jason Kidd, decides to sit his butt down, and he doesn't offer a really a valid explanation or one that made sense to me as to why. Sure, you can single him out for his defense, but I could single out three other guys on Mavs on a, on a single night too. So that Absolutely. one didn't make, yeah, that one didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, Gerald. So I'm willing to give uh, Christian Wood a little slack there because I don't think that was an attitude problem at all. He was playing well. They were playing well. They were winning games. And for some reason, he just decided to sit Christian Wood. So I ask you, Joe, as we finally touch on this end of the conversation on this part of our show because there's other subjects we want to talk about when it concerns what we're seeing at summer league and also the contracts are concerned when when you talk about christian wood being the best option for the lakers again to me joe it is all about what he can give you in the regular season as far as being someone that's reliable that can score points no he can't get you defense where you need but you know it's such a cheap contract he is movable He'll be tradable, and if that that's the case, he and he does what Ronnie says as far as him burning his bridge on the way out with another team, he'll be at so, mm-hmm. so much of an affordable contract, you could just not deal with it or sit him down and bench him if you want. Uh, we, 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 we're in an analytical world, and we're a stat-hungry society, and definitely in sports. Someone who goes 18-10... Shoots 39 from three, played 30 minutes a game. That was his season before, correct? At Houston? Correct. In Houston. Yeah. I'm sorry. And he's 27. This is this is, 27 is when a big hits his prime. We need his skill set. And we need a center. It is, it makes way too much sense. His negatives are drowned by the positives in this. There is no other way. And the Lakers are not making a move for anyone because they're waiting Christian Wood out. They get Christian Wood. This offseason is an absolute A. You could even say an A+. And barring any major injury to AD and, and LeBron, I believe this team is going to be equipped to make a title run and scare people in the, in the, in the long run as well. Thank you, person who is thought of as greater than Trevor Lane in our chat. The best Lakers chat room that's out there. It is the Lakers fast break. Joe's getting a lot of love today. I think it's in response. Again, we love your opinions either which way. We love your feedback either which way, whether it's on the channel. It's sent to me at LakersFastBreakAtYahoo.com. Our awesome social media outlets. We're now on threads, so follow us there too. So, yeah, wherever you catch us. Go ahead and share your thoughts with us. We truly appreciate it. It is the Lakers fast break, but before we head on out, a couple of things I want to go ahead and touch on before we go ahead. And uh, I guess I'm trying to work on seeing if I can go possibly to the Wednesday game, but I don't have confirmation on that as of yet, but we'll see. When it comes to the, the Lakers uh, and the contracts that they signed, Sean, I want to ask you this, and I asked Joe this to go ahead and study up on, what were some of the interesting aspects about 
what these players ultimately signed for because it came out into you know the light exactly what specifically these these contracts were signed for the Dylan Brooks one with the finalized numbers just absolutely blew my mind and all that. But I ask your thoughts on what the Lakers did with the interesting thoughts, of course, being Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. You know what, Gerald, I'm, I'm, I'm very hopeful that uh, because the band is being brought back together that they've they've already stitched together a lot of um, battle scars and uh, a lot of positives as well, um, and they've played a lot together. I, I, that can't be stressed enough. I think a lot of these guys who are coming in need to understand that you're being you're going to be surrounding them. Like we're going to maybe you insert yourself into that core, but for now. You're on the margins, and you need to support what we have already. Um, the Austin Reeves contract and the Maxwell Lewis contract, Gerald, I thought are the two best ones that Rob pulled off in the uh, the off season. Uh, again, I'll, I'm not saying this because I'm a Homer Lakers fan. I'm saying it because it's yes, true. Yes, you are. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I kind of am too. But uh, Austin Reeves was a steal. Uh, four years, fifty-six. Well, yeah, Dylan is eighty-six for four. Yeah, yeah. And ninety with 90, incentives. Yeah, so uh, you're paying Austin Reeves for fifty-six million, who's got a skill set that uh, he's. So as far as skill sets go, think about this: Dylan Brooks is on planet Earth. Uh, Austin Reeves has a skill set that puts him in the Andromeda Galaxy, and you're almost paying Dylan Brooks double what year the Lakers are paying Austin Reeves. It's a steal. It's a steal. Intel um, it's four years. I apologize. Yeah, four that was my four time years time. Yeah, for, my type for, for ninety million dollars. I mean which he can make with incentives. Yeah the the Houston Rockets are the drunken sailors as front offices go in the NBA. They just they can't help themselves. It's like That's the it's like the stork from Looney Tunes that 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 drops off the wrong baby at the at the address that's that's the houston rockets front office and the thing is you don't need to get to that 90 percent cap until the start of the season which means you these these teams that don't like players in camp that they run out there will be begging to get them off their roster before the start of camp. remember when we were talking about russell westbrook last year oh we're going to trade him before camp we're going to trade him before camp ends before we're going to trade, trade him before camp never worked out just imagine if there was a houston team that could suck up all that cash like they could have for for russell westbrook and just leave it open it's just the mindset you have plus the fact that you've got all those wings and we'll talk about the players that we saw we liked so far in summer league but you've got all those wings young wings that need playing time you had to trade one away in kj martin to the clippers yeah what are that was you a bad thinking trade. that's a bad trade that was a bad trade um yeah they you get they, dylan brooks and pay him 86 million dollars yeah gerald between between the free agency and the offs uh, um and the draft i would say yeah the hornets and the rockets definitely uh the two worst teams in both categories they both get f's um just horrible roster management i mean between the the hornets the rockets and the pistons right now 
I mean, take your pick for who's going to be the worst team next year. Exactly, indeed. Joe, uh, I do want to touch, though, on D'Angelo Russell's first off. before You mentioned Austin Reeves, Sean. D'Angelo Russell was very interesting because his contract is two years, but the second is a player option. And we touched on this, Joe, and that this is going to be a very crucial year because of the fact, and I'll say this again to everybody out there, I think that with what we see with D'Angelo Russell, he is going to dictate whether or not he's going to stay in the league as a starting level caliber point guard or if he's going to go as a reserve because of the fact you have a Gabe Vincent now, Joe, that could easily take his spot if D'Angelo Russell's not doing well. So then he has to make a financial choice if he wants to pick up that second year. The question is going to be this. Can D'Angelo Russell improve? That's going to be the question. His improvement has to be in every scenario that he, he can benefit. So if you, you cannot miss open shots every other game, you are way too good. It, it reminded me so much of Sasha to some degree when he wasn't playing well. You're looking at a guy who's got a beautiful stroke, fast release, someone who's not afraid. Sasha was never afraid. You don't, you know, you all you got to do is watch the the ending of, of game seven, right? In 20. Hold on. Hold on. The rim, right? You got a guy who's not afraid, who can shoot lights out but for some reason could not do it when it mattered. For D'Angelo Russell, he essentially signed a one-year deal, which if I'm going to pick a signing that Rob did that was absolutely highway robbery, it was D'Angelo Russell's pick. I I didn't, I thought someone, you know, if Dylan Brooks got three or four years for 86 million, whatever it was, you're telling me that D'Angelo couldn't do that, but for some reason he didn't. The Lakers ended up signing him for much less than I thought they were going to sign him for, less than 20. I thought they were going to throw 20 at him. And not only that, they only really have him on a one-year contract. So for D'Angelo Russell, he's kind of in the same boat as Christian Wood should he sign with the Lakers. If you kill it this year, you've got guaranteed multi-year money coming next year so this plays into the lakers hands greatly if the lakers win the championship next year you're not gonna feel as much pressure going "Ooh, we're not gonna be able to bring back both christian wood and d'angelo russell but at the same time they just helped you win a championship it's the best of both worlds and this is why rob's setup this offseason was as good as you can make it. It really is. The Lakers will, I am positive that if LeBron and AD are not overworked towards the end of the year and these all, all these guys know their roles, I, I don't, who's going to beat them? Denver? Okay. That might be something there. Miami, if they get Dame Lillard? I don't know, maybe. But I think they set themselves up in a, amazing position to not only can compete but also compete without killing their stars 
which is which really hasn't happened since 2020. And you're right, Alice. He has a very tradable contract, D'Angelo Russell. And if that's the case, and he's just it's just not working out, as you've seen with D'Angelo Russell before. Now here's now, now he could be that, traded again. So so now let's talk about that. We talked a little bit about it. If the Lakers are sitting, let's say at 15, I'm sorry, 25 and 15, and Trey Young finally makes it clear that he wants out of Atlanta, and he goes, I want to go to L.A. I don't want to go anywhere else but L.A. Now what? Imagine Trey Young. Imagine Trey Young with those open shots in Denver. Those are all going in. The Lakers are in a freaking fantastic position right now. They are, if they get Christian Wood, they have the best offseason by anyone. I don't care if Miami gets Dame. I don't care that Bradley Beal went to Phoenix. The Lakers own the offseason. They own the summer, at least on paper. And then if they win it next year, Rob has to be executive of the year. And if he's not, everyone should have their votes rescinded. And we know that's what's going to happen. Well, not the rescinding part, but we know that they're going to give it to James Jones for getting Bradley Beal. Because three stars wasn't enough, Phoenix. We got to go get a fourth one, right? I will say (laughs) that's true. Um, You know, Ronnie, I'm, I'm going to say this, you know, and Sean, please concur with me on this. Uh, this is just not how you go ahead and manage and run a team in Houston. They're just mistake after mistake. And and Ronnie's argument as well, you know, I would rather trade, get bad contracts for picks or anything like that because, you know, they spent the money. They did a great job in spending the money, you know, and, and doing it now. And and if things go bad, there's always a trade deadline. Well, yeah, there's always a trade deadline, but try to unload that Dylan Brooks contract. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Um, and he said, rather get something than nothing, and that's what Houston did. And I compared it to the OKC style of doing things because they just took in another bad contract here. I think it was Bertans that they took in. Plus, they had that trade over the weekend with like four or five, was it Patty Mills? Uh, tra- you know, They took his contract. Then they traded him again for some other assets. They now have like 18 players on the roster, Sean. But they also have 35 draft picks, including 15 first-round draft picks in the next seven years is what I think it is, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm reading correctly. Yes, they're not going to use all those draft picks, but it's about having those assets. So as we saw in the Gobert trade, as we saw in the DeJounte Murray trade, as we're seeing now with Damian Lillard and James Harden, if Oklahoma City wants to throw out 10 draft picks for those guys, and they, you know it's ringing right now, something's ringing, I guess it's time for a, for a new trade. But, but I will ask you this, my friend, when it comes to... Tea and Crumpets to, time? Tea and Crumpets, tea and Crumpets indeed. I ask you this, my friend, when it comes to managing a a team you're seeing one diverse way over the other oklahoma city is a potential playoff contender next year and still has all those assets yeah whereas in houston they're still looking at the bottom of the barrel in the standings and now they're stuck with those two bad contracts it just it blows my mind how bad and how inept that they've really done this. And they've got some, a lot of young players that they can't play that they may eventually have to give up. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, Gerald. Um, you know they've spent a lot of uh, capital. Like I, I just, just for for fun's sake here, their drafting over the past five years, not been good, not been good. You drafted DeAnthony Melton, but you traded him. You've drafted Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, and now uh, Amen Thompson. And Cam Whitmore in the first round. You've drafted Ty Ty Washington, who was a pretty bold prospect, but that you showed him the door. Yep. And he's gone seen the door again. Yeah. Uh Houston has not drafted well over the past five years, Gerald. Yeah, they have all those picks from the Brooklyn Nets, but the Nets look like they have a pretty nice roster. And they may finish in a place where Houston is drafting, like, in the 20s, possibly. Shingun, uh, Kurt Singh is a good pick, obviously. Shingun was a good pick, but remember, they traded uh, for Shingun. was on that same draft, and remember, he's they, been traded twice. Remember, Gerald, they traded for Shingun, too, because yeah. Shing, I believe Shingun was originally drafted by who? Sam Presti. Yep. So, so... Um, you're right, Gerald. Um, I actually, I, I was uh, watching PMC in the, um, in the chat. Shout out to PMC. He likes the Kings coming back strong again next year to make the playoffs as a top six seed. Gerald, I think OKC could slip into the top six. They've got to re- leave someone like Dallas who exactly. has improved their, I will admit that they have improved their team as well. All exactly. These, uh, all these teams, you know. Where does the Clippers stand? Are they better? Or are they worse? You know? I, I would I would slot the Thunder better than both those teams. I could and, put and four. the Lakers are a LeBron and AD injury away themselves. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, OKC is right there. They could put four guys who are on six, seven, six, eight can all handle the ball besides Shea Gibbs or Alexander. That's how good of a team they have right now. So. Um, Houston. I think I think Sam Presti is doing a brilliant job. I, if anybody disagrees with me, I, I, I would, I would really like to know why. Because that's oh, just, Gerald, have he, all those assets. Gerald, he's he he'll go down as one of the best executives of his era. Without For a team that cannot get free agents because nobody wants to go play in OKC, it, you have to go ahead and do what he's doing. Absolutely, absolutely. He built he built one contender, and it looks like he's building another one now. So, um, I don't think there's a blank check to be written. But if uh, somehow, if there was any kind of chance that the Oklahoma City Thunder did not want to be in the same business with Sam Presti, you'd have twenty nine teams knocking on his front door, Gerald, with contract here. Well, I, mean, I, th- I thought you know, I, I thought. With his departure from Golden State, I thought the GM of Golden State would also have, uh, you know, a bevy of jobs lined up, and we see that's not worked out as yet either. Uh, that puzzles me to this day. How come no one has signed him when we actually went wanted him to replace Rob Palenka? Yeah, that that that's true as well. You know, Gerald, it's it's kind of funny. Um, what what do they always say? Business makes strange bedfellows. So you yeah, just the never... architect of that that dynasty. "Quote unquote," 
and nobody seems to want him. So I don't know. It, it's kind of weird how that works out, but yeah, it is. It Bob is. Bob Myers is probably on vacation, but that's exactly who I was talking about. So yeah, that's kind of weird how that, how that works out. But uh, let me ask you this, Joe, uh, you know, your thoughts on this, my friend, how the Lakers situation in the West, again, looks like they built a strong team without a 14th player as of yet, but with what they've got, you, it, they match up well with anybody. They match up well. I'm not going to say that they're number one in the West right now. That's obviously still up for debate. I'm still want, we need time to go ahead and evaluate things before we go ahead and put money on that. And Joe called it last year as far as Denver and how far they went. Your thoughts, though, I think that the Lakers are in a position the way they are, barring any health issues, you know, and a 14th player, that they could still compete with anybody in the West. Well, we haven't talked about the – effect that someone like Max Christie could make on this team as well. Mm -hmm. So we, we wanted to talk about a little bit of what in summer league. So we had, we were, we were fortunate enough to watch four games and, and I saw two players that made an immediate impact to me. Uh, Max Christie was the one we were expecting and he, he delivered. And the other was, uh, Castleton. Mm -hmm. which I saw within the first two minutes that this guy had something you could, you, if you've been watching basketball, as long as we've been watching, it doesn't basketball is the easiest sport to quickly analyze. There are some that get better. Uh, I'm not as down on Houston as you are though, Gerald, uh, if you've been watching what Jabari Smith Jr. has been doing, uh, he, no, no, I'm not. I'm not going to say anything about their young yeah. players. I'm no, just I talking think, about I think the way they I manage think, their roster. I think I think they they might have overpaid one guy, but I I don't. I'm, well, actually, two because two. I, that, no, and then also three. Jeff Green and then Jock Lawndale. Jeff Green is those got an easily you know gettable. Contract. So they they were they Jock overpaid the one that was also on that. they overpaid three guys. They overpaid Fred Van Fleet, Dylan Brooks. And Jock Landell. And remember something. Statistically speaking, the two worst three-point shooters in the NBA last year were Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Fleet. And you gave them a combined, a combined over 60 million, which increases over the three years. They're the two worst volume three-point shooters in the NBA. Fred was a little, just a little bit better than Dylan Brooks. And Gerald, you're going to, we're talking about Jabari Smith and Shingoon and Jalen Green being with that knucklehead in a locker room. Like Fred Van Fleet is a champion. He is an example to follow. No question about it. And they had to Don't listen to the other knucklehead, please. Don't, whatever he says. Do the opposite if you want a long career in the NBA. Joe, your thoughts on that? I mean, you want to you agree with Sean on that, or not really thinking about it, honestly. Uh, okay. I'm focused more. Oh, on all this. I, I, I'm sorry. We're gonna argue about whether or not he's a knucklehead. <laughs> okay, fair enough, indeed. But is I've watched Lakers- I've watched a lot of knuckleheads in the NBA. Some pan out, some don't. I mean, everybody loves except us. Well, no, I, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't worried that uh, those other neck uh, knuckleheads were had an extra chromosome. But with this guy, yeah, I mean, it's it's fully up to debate. 
That's, that's a good point. Maybe uh, Ime Yudoka is the uh, knucklehead worse whisper. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that's that's an interesting matzo ball that Josoro thrown. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't one of my best returns, but not bad. We're gonna find out if it was a good volley. I'll say we're that gonna, we're gonna find out if the nobody believed us moniker is going to be their rallying cry. Because you know, yes, JetBlue. Yes, we've I never heard that before ever. Pause. Right? <laughs> yes, JetBlue. I think I think Rob and the rest of the league are on pause until until the uh, the smoke clears from. Uh, from this uh, Portland situation, we're going to see if there's white smoke eventually, and they they have a trade partner to uh, to clear up all the because uh, it's gumming up the works right now. It totally is. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. It is the Lakers coming up here on Wednesday. Make sure you catch with us on playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. I might be going to the game. I'm getting some uh, texts that maybe I'd be able to work something out there. So I, you may be able to see me going there, but you also hang out with Joe and Sean right there. Playback.tv says Lakers fast break Hear The uncut recording of what's going on as they go ahead and watch the game. You'll probably not hear me because unfortunately the, the Thomas and Mac has absolutely terrible Wi-Fi, And we tried to do that. yesterday. <laughs> Didn't quite work out. But obviously, we'll have the post game here on Wednesday as well. We're looking to have another great show tomorrow. We're going to keep on rolling as best we can, as much as we can right here at the Lakers Fast Break. But, Joe, you made some observations on Summer League. And as far as players that have impressed you so far, for me, I'm going to start with Keontae George. Keontae George for Utah, 33 points in his initial offering. Really looked good, really looked strong, and really looked comfortable. I also want to note Anthony Black out of Orlando, uh, who had a really good start for him. 17 points, 5 and 5. The good shooting was very controlled, very relaxed as he went and made the distributions that he need. Looked like he might be that point guard that Orlando has been looking for for eons now. Your thoughts on some of your impressions on some of the guys making impressions with you at Summer League? Oh. Um, I've been focused on Ken Whitmore the whole time. I'll be honest. I I don't know why it's gnawing at me. I just feel I just that might have been a You know what? The, there was there was a there was a player in the NFL draft, Gerald, that was um he was he like Joe, like he got people's attention. Like other teams who passed on this guy I watched a lot of their fans just completely be immersed with this one player. And he turned out to be all right, but I mean, not blowing anybody out of the water. Uh, I, I'm, I'm certain there are a lot of Laker fans that are just 
keeping the ledger score there with Whitmore against uh, JHS and you know so be it I, I, I guess that's that's the way the the cookie crumbles here but um like you said Gerald Anthony Black for the magic that's that's really nice because now you've added an extra ball handler around Franz Wagner who's um you know Orlando might not be the sisters of the poor anymore Gerald or they shouldn't be well, so baby steps for them, baby steps. Let's get to the plan first for them, and then you talk playoffs from there. Yeah, I, I, you know, uh, but I will, I will say this. Um, as far as the the NBA Cup is concerned, the uh, one of the teams that uh, will be looking at that to uh, to win that would be the Toronto Raptors because uh, their summer league team is just all over the place, kind of like their their roster. Uh, I don't know what the, what they're really doing, Gerald. Um, I, I think they're in the – it's kind of funny they're in the same uh, grouping as the Bulls and the Magic because I, I think all those teams deserve one another. I think they'll just be shuffling positions from the 11th seed to the 15th. And Anthony Black did struggle today, but, again, first impressions with me are sometimes really good. At the end, but, yeah, he did struggle today. We're just going to see that from these kids. Uh, going back and forth. Uh, also, Kaysan Wallace from Indiana looks to be pretty good. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, no, Gerald, What uh, do you think uh, Summer League's just completely lost the, uh, the the bloom now that Wemby is sitting out? It, 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 we, oh, we knew what was going to happen. Sunday is usually the getaway day for most of the major NBA mm-hmm. personnel. They usually mm-hmm. jet on out. You know, I was talking to Stone about it. He said some still remain, but, I, you know, even he is leaving or he has left on Monday morning. So most of the big names as far as leave, it's just usually team personnel. And then of course, a lot of locals that, that still attend. That's why they're giving out uh, uh, hopefully some good tickets here, some better prices here down the road so they can keep some good attendance. But yes, once the news of Wembyama uh, is, is sitting out, Joe, like we're seeing with some of these other teams, I know you don't like to see it, but he did prove himself second game, 27 points, 12 rebounds. You know, a lot of people were saying the chat overhyped, overhyped. Again, you're going to see these kids back and forth, especially in rookie coming in the situation where they're playing at a level of talent they have not, in some cases, played against before. We're going to see these kids as rookies going in and out. It's the second-year players I look at more to see if they are consistent and they are playing well. If that's the case, that's exactly what you want. Well, Victor is is a, is a different that situation he's a first overall pick someone who's gonna be great barring injury uh, the ones that we the ones i was adamant about playing was someone like max christie someone who uh did f- had a rookie year that was just kind of red shirt type rookie year uh, if the lakers hadn't uh made the deadline trade might have played a little bit more in the second half but he didn't. But guys like Max Christie, guys that are, like you said, second-year players that we need to see if they've improved since their first season, I want to see them play every game possible. Wimby's going to be great as long as he doesn't get injured. He'll be great. You don't really need to worry about whether he's dropping 25 and 12 in a, in a summer league game. Um, uh, Gerald, as, uh, as I was preparing for uh... – for the uh, Wednesday game, I happened to see the Heat play the Celtics, and um, 
there's one guy that's really standing out. Uh, I don't know how. I don't know why. But the Miami Heat just keep on chugging along, find another gem in the uh, in the pool of talent. Orlando Robinson is played going to be California a fantastic Classic. player. Uh, yeah, played well at the California Classic and is doing the same here. Jovic is also as well, very you know uh, good player. It's, it's, guys- you he he's undrafted out of Fresno State. Do you think he's a true seven footer, Gerald? I wasn't sure. I think he's 6'11", 7'8", yeah, okay. All right, yeah. But another gem. That's they why they get rid of. Like, that's why they got rid of Denman. Yeah, because and you're we, seven. Yeah. Um. So they just uh like the Spurs, like the Lakers. It just seems that an organization like the Heat just finds a gem, undrafted or in the second round. Uh, you know, again, it's good good scouting. Uh, you know, obviously, you got to give them credit for that. But they could be involved in the in a uh, little trade. You never know if that. I still would not want Tyler here as the main source. Of you know what, trade. Gerald? I, I would the, not. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Yeah, you know what? They're probably gonna. From what I was hearing from Raphael Barlow, it sounds like barring any unforeseen circumstance, Gerald, that the Miami Heat would have to give up Jovich in any trade for uh, for Lillard. So if you have to give up him, then maybe you've doubled down here because do you think Orlando Robinson can do a lot of the same things? I do want to go ahead and touch on some other names. Again, uh, we talked about Anthony Black a little bit here and there. Uh, excellent first game. Didn't do so well the second game, Joe. But, uh, you know, you've been touching on Cam Whitmore. And I did. I was there for the Houston-Detroit game. And I saw that from way up top. I showed you that picture. I actually put it out on social media where I was at for that game. And I could still see, even from there, how good Cam Whitmore looks, even when he doesn't have the ball's hands, the things that he's thinking about, where he's positioning himself, how he's going ahead and, and looking for next. He has a scores mentality. I understand that it could be something akin to Cameron Thomas, who we see with Brooklyn. He could score you 40 and then be benched the next day. But with Cam Whitmore, I think I see something a little bit more. I just think I see a player who could be a 20-point scorer in the league very soon. Sooner rather than later, I should say, if given the opportunity. They have a young team. See who comes out of the out of the web. A lot of young players. You have some vets there, though, that can maybe, if, if Ime Yudoka puts it together the correct way like he did in Boston, maybe, maybe, maybe Houston's not going to be as bad as we, we're, we're talking about, uh, despite some of their overpays. Uh, the NBA, there's always an overpay somewhere. I mean, I, I, I mean to some degree, Rui Hachimura is an overpay. Um, he played good for, what, two months and got $51 million. That's, that's a lot of money for a guy that had a DMP last year. <laughs> that's why they play the game. I'm going by fast twitch. I'm going by how the body moves. I'm going by how the body's playing defense. I go by how much air they get. I mean, I know, I know that smart players sometimes are the, the more important players, but when you see raw athleticism, somebody that can jump out the building, uh, that helps in the NBA. It helps bridge any kind of experience. It helps bridge the unknown in terms of their identity on the team because they could just use their talent to kind of 
fill in that gap. And why that still intrigues me or I'm paying attention to it is because it would have been a welcome talent on this team. Imagine having someone that you can basically send out and dunk over somebody and get the crowd going and uh, allow guys like LeBron and AD not to be the total show. It's a lot of a lot of stuff there, and, and and it might it might end up going the right way for the Lakers because they've proven that they're great talent evaluators. Whether they're drafting people in the first round, the second round, or getting people out on uh, undrafted players from the scrap heap, but you know, I I do like guys that are gonna throw it down and jump in the air and make quick decisions. So we'll see. We'll see. We're kind of jumping the conclusion here. I haven't, I, you have to be careful. You can't look at summer league and go, Oh, you know, the fact that somebody's saying that Wemby was a bust after the first summer league game. I mean, come on guys. <laughs> Troll people. I mean, come on. <laughs> I, but, but I think Joe, I think, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think I heard it from, um, from Gerald and from Barlow. It was the casuals who were saying that. It wasn't any yeah. any hoopers who no. were <laughs> relaying it. It was in our chat, things. and then it was also on social media. Yeah, there were a lot of casuals saying that. And, you know, I guess all trolls are, are welcome. It's just, like, we've talked about it before. Like, bring some game to our chat with that. Uh, we, we do enjoy getting roasted ourselves, like, when it's good. But you know, f- coming in with that garbage about how he's a bus is is lame af, lame af, guys. Okay, okay, I get it, I get it. Watch out with those letters. I didn't get Watch it. What, what, what did what did what did Sean say? Yeah, you he got said, it. He said he said you're a nice guy, Joe. He said you're a nice guy. <laughs> but I do want to go ahead and touch on one name that you guys haven't touched on uh, at to, that's led Cleveland to a 3 nothing record already in, in Vegas Summer League, Imani Bates. <laughs> Mississippi Dog is looking like a smart man. I will give him props and give him full credit on that because Imani Bates, once the number one player in his high school class, saw some hard times and he is a shooter. He, you could already tell he's a gunner. But Joe already and Sean already, he's looking like uh, he could manage to be not only stick in the league, but find a place if given the opportunity. Yeah, Gerald. Um, Cleveland paid a lot of money to their wings um, this summer. Um, if one or two of them don't pan out, you know, uh, they may not uh, be drowning in uh, Cleveland whiskey anymore. The wing issue that they have there. Yeah. Not right away. Right, but that's going to have to resolve itself. You're right, Gerald, especially if Imani Bates is playing well because there's there's only five spots on a roster and they can't have Bates, uh, Niang, uh, Max Schroes all out there together because Jared Allen – Evan Mobley, Darius Garland are likely, and and Spida are likely the guys you're running with. So somebody's going to have to come out of that pack and uh, establish themselves. But Gerald, we talked about, they were only really one three and D player away from probably vaulting themselves either, as far as a regular season team is concerned, 
into a top three spot. I think with the changes Yay, that have been made, um, adding in an Imani Bates like this is great for them. And I think Cleveland finds himself vaulting into a top three spot this year. Uh, that could be very well be the case, my friend, especially we don't know the status, Joe, of Milwaukee as far as their, yes, they did sign Middleton and they got Lopez back, but they get a year older uh, and their depth is now in question. Boston, you know, with the trade that they made for Porzingis, they're all in on the three-point shooting. So we'll see how that is effective. But then again, Horford's a year older and Williams is never able to stay upright for an entire season. Plus, they got rid of the heart of their defense and someone that they really rallied around as far as the team is concerned in, in Marcus Smart. Yeah, I really think Cleveland, you know, barring any health issues, could be a very competitive team in the East, more so than they were last season. It's pretty remarkable that they picked the guy 49 just a few weeks ago, and they've, they've got another potential stud on that team. Uh, Looking at let's say, and, and then talking about the Bucks, we're we're gonna find out how stubborn Budenholzer was if Adrian Griffin ends up put taking this team to the finals again, because I believe that's what that was the demise of the of the Milwaukee Bucks. I know there was some injury issues uh, with Middleton, but that they had no business even without Middleton losing to Miami in the first round, and Budenholzer's stubbornness not putting Giannis on Jimmy Butler bit him in the rear end to the point where he got fired. And this happens more than you think. The stubbornness of coaches and them thinking the right, especially after they win. Who knows it has a title? So I can only imagine how much his stubbornness went up. I don't understand. You have a player who is in his prime, who can do both things, use them, what are you waiting for? This goes back to all our load management discussions and why it's so irritating to watch. What are you waiting for? Use them now. Go get your titles now. Don't worry about next year and when he's 30 or when he's 32. You're not guaranteed to win jack squat. Win as much as you can. You got to bring that towel all the way through and Okay, well, we we used up Giannis his first 10 seasons. He's burnt out. Oh, but you did win three titles. What more do you want? Oh, no, we want one title, and we want him to play until he's 35. But how the hell are you going to guarantee that year you're going to win? You can guarantee it now because he can play both positions. And how Cleveland comes out of this, how Memphis comes out of this, the thing is with the NBA, unfortunately, I mean, it takes immense luck to win a title when you're not a good franchise. And what I mean by good, you don't, you're not a perennial winner. You're not the Lakers. You're not, I mean, I guess the Spurs haven't won anything in nine years. The, the Golden State Warriors, you're not those players. You're not those teams. So for Cleveland to get over the hump, I don't know if they just have a group of very good players and they need one great player. I think that's what they really need. And maybe they can use some of the assets because you're not going to be able to play everybody. Maybe they use some of those assets so that they can go grab someone of substance, someone that they can convince 
that would come to uh, Cleveland in a trade because, hey, you can say, look, we have this team set for the future. We just need one star to come in here, maybe two. Memphis? Memphis has a star, a shooting star. It's just, it's just a star when it comes to the season. If he gets his act together, you just got Marcus Smart. Now you got a – would you call him a dog now that Jerry West – made a very clear indication of what a dog is versus a wolf. That'll never leave my mind, by the way. For those of you who haven't heard, did you did you see did you hear the description of Jerry West explaining dog versus wolf? For those of you who didn't hear it, I'm paraphrasing, but Jerry West said, we hear the term he's a dog. And Jerry West goes, I was the wolf. I ate dogs. I mean, that was, his, that was a drop of the mic, man. That was a drop of the mic. He should have just dropped it right there and peaced out. That was one of the best. This is an 80-year-old man. 80-year-old man that still has it. Jerry West. When you talk about G-O-A-T, we overuse that way too much. But he is. You will never overuse it when it comes to Jerry effing West. That guy will go in the grave one day, hopefully for a very long time, with the clutchest burial ever on top of everything. I do want to mention to Bubby, because he's going to be watching Star Trek Strange New World Season 2 here, uh, a little bit uh, mixed bag. Uh, episodes 1 and 3 and 4, okay. 2 is absolutely amazing. Season 1 is absolutely one of the best things I saw last year. So I hope you enjoy Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Bubby. Truly appreciate it. It is the Lakers fast break. Had to get those pop culture references in there because I've also do the pop culture cosmos, which I hope you give a try because we cover the latest news and trends of pop culture each week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcast. But before we head on out, guys, it's been truly amazing. We're heading on two hours, so we're going to close it out here. We will be back tomorrow for more great Lakers talk. Hopefully something will be rectified, although it's been so long now since the Lakers have had that fortune spot open. I don't think that's going to be the case, but we'll see. In our never-ending search to get Christian Wood or someone else that's competent in here, Sean, what final resolution do you see for a 14th player on this roster? Yeah, Gerald, I think uh, I agree with you. I think that if they don't sign Christian Wood, then they're going into the season with an open roster spot to keep uh, a trade in mind that may be fortuitous for them either at the trade deadline or near it. Um, that's the only two options I see him having. I don't see him giving that roster spot to anybody else because if if that were the case, he would have done it already. Um, I'm of the mind that contract from us is already on his agent's desk. It's whether or not he wants to take it right now. And obviously, Gerald, there's gonna there's going to be a, an inflection point, and it's going to be okay. Here's the contract. We told you what your role is. Take it or leave it right now. Uh, obviously, it'll come to a head, but hopefully, Christian Wood decides to uh, take that contract and take that role with the Lakers because I think that's the only conceivable role he has to get what he wants. What he wants is to get paid, finally get paid. Um, everyone knows how good he is. 
Um, he just wants to rub it in everybody's face who told him he wouldn't be able to make it. That's that's what he wants. And we can give him that opportunity, Gerald. It's it, it, There's a golden path for him. Will he take it? It's up to him. Antonio, if you say so that he is the best Laker ever, you know, that's your opinion. You're entitled to it. I think he said executive. I think he called him a brilliant executive, Gerald. No, Antonio was saying best Laker ever is Smush Parker. So, I had one of the best names, that's for sure. But Joe Soro, uh, great to have you here. Sean, always great to have you here as well. Any last thoughts on what's going on at the Lakers or Summer League before we head on out, my friend? Uh, you know what, Gerald? It's been uh, it's been a very fun team, not as fun as 2017, but um, they're showing a lot of grit. They're showing a lot of heart. I want to see them just beat the crap out of the Boston Celtics on Wednesday. But until then, hopefully some some resolution comes about with the Christian Wood situation. We can uh, we can all rest easy. Joe, any last thoughts before we head on out? I'm waiting for the 14th roster spot to be filled. Summer League at this point has fruited exactly what we wanted. We want a future center that could be a, a rotational player and possibly a rotation player at the beginning of the season in Max Christie. But be, I'm ready for the regular season now. I will tell you this, though, Kurt, uh, when it comes to, you know, Captain Pike, if you call me and compare me to Anselm Mount, I consider that a high compliment because he is killing it on that show. And he was terrific in season one. That's one of the big things I questions in season two. I've seen this where Anson Mount has not been on much of the show. He comes in East in episode four, by the way, mainly uh, he doesn't spend much time on episode one, two, three episode two is amazing. Even without him being playing a big role in it, but it just goes to show you the comp, the argument I always make on the show is I think that Kevin Feige of Marvel blew it by not giving Anson Mount a better role with a speaking role. Instead, he gave him the Inhumans with the role that the guy that when he shouts a word, it kills you. So we saw what happens in the Doctor Strange movie, what happened to him. So I was hoping that, uh, again, as we're seeing him on Strange New Worlds, he's uh, really doing a great job. So once again, though, it is the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate you going ahead and checking us out. We'll be back tomorrow night talking some more great things in the world of the NBA and, of course, the Los Angeles Lakers. We're wishing you all the very best. Please like and subscribe. If you have not yet, please. Yeah, exactly, Kurt. Exactly. What a great waste of a great actor indeed. But if you can like and subscribe, please do so to get the latest notifications of when we go live in the air. Plus, playback.tv slash Sacred Fast Break. Sean and Joe will be manning the game on Wednesday because looks like, from what I've seen, I may be actually going to the game once again. So on Wednesday, looking forward to that. So we'll see, but it is the Lakers fast break. Thanks so much for watching, listening. We'll be back tomorrow with more great talk, more great thoughts on Los Angeles Lakers. So glad that you can see us. I know there are other shows that kind of think they want to do as good as us. They kind of think they're doing as good as us. They go ahead and they have, you know, a whole bunch of talks and a whole bunch of talking mouths and things of that nature. We provide you insight, opinion, and the best news and notes out there on the LA Lakers. We truly appreciate everyone out there just giving us that kind of love. All the opinions, all weekend long. Good and bad, indifferent. You're just sending your thoughts. We truly appreciate you supporting us and want to welcome you again to what we do right here. So for Joy Sorrel, Magic Man Sean Grice, it's me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. We'll see you tomorrow 
right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.